Hey, what's going on, everybody? You're listening to The Sane Show, the show about nothing and everything. I'm your host, Cliff, and today I have another special guest. I have producer, light designer, and technical director for Boyd Design, Brendan Boyd. How are you doing today, Brendan? I'm doing super, thanks. How, how, about, how are things with you? I'm well, thank you. I'm excited to have you on the show really excited to talk about the things that we're going to talk about so ready to hop into it but before i introduce the topics i want to quickly shout out all the listeners in all 60 plus countries thank you guys i love you guys thank you guys for continuing to like share subscribe and spread the word about the same show and if you're listening and you don't already follow us be sure to check us out on instagram and twitter at sane underscore show again that's sane s-a-n-e underscore show on Instagram and Twitter, and then you can find us on Facebook, The Sane Show. Again, on Facebook, that's The Sane Show. So today, we're going to be having a conversation about lighting and production, and then we're also going to have a conversation about working with major clients, something that you can definitely speak to, Brendan. And then following those two topics, we're going to have an interview with you, Brendan, so that the listeners and I can learn more about you, your background, and all the great things that go along with that. So let's go ahead and hop right into it with our first topic, lighting and production. As we spoke about, I love speaking with people who are on the production side of live entertainment business and highlighting the things that people like yourself do and like how critical it is to the production. I've, you know, I've had production managers on here, you know, tour managers, directors, people that do all sorts of things and audio engineers. So to have someone like yourself that does lighting, which is also another major piece of the production, the production of, of live events, and you're going to add another layer to all of that. And so really excited for the listeners to, you know, get some, be able to get some insight from you about lighting as it concerns live productions. If you could just would like for you to speak to the listeners a little bit about like again the lighting and live productions and the importance of it and how again the criticalness to uh, live productions well thanks for the intro that's that's awesome again thanks for having me this is going to be fun we'll just chat chatting it up about stuff that i do and that i like to do and that's i'm very fortunate to be in you know what i do you know all the COVID aside you know i do what i like to do (laughs) You know, like right. we're doing events, we're doing concerts and shows and performances and um, lots of lots of different items that we're doing. And light is I, that's that's where I come from. That's my my safe space. I've, I've got my degrees in lighting, both a bachelor's and a master's of fine arts and lighting design. So I have the training. Most of it's all theatrical, all that training, though. So we're living in the theater and using light to sculpt model selective focus and create mood and and what we take for granted when we go and see a show at a theater you know you dim the house lights they go to half that gets everyone settled then you dim it out that gets that's that's code for and that's instilled in us long what you know in elementary school for me they used to flash the lights in the cafeteria mm-hmm. to get us to be quiet you know like <laughs> you know, whatever to make an announcement that stuff we use in you know in real life now it's like so we dim the house lights, gets everyone settled, you know, unwrap your candy, you make the announcements. There's a please welcome the star of the show, blah, 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 blah. And there's an intro. And then there's some maybe there's a big drum roll. And that's the audio team, audio designer and audio front of house engineers and 
they get the sound effects rumbling. Maybe there's some fog. We got the special effects guys. And then maybe you got some flashing lights or strobes or maybe none because not using all your tools in the toolbox right off the gate is a smart move in many regards to help really create that drama, that anticipation, you know? So that can, it's fun, you know, like it's, that's what we're, there's a lot of work that goes into it that we'll chat. We'll probably touch on today, but in the end, in the end here, we're, we're putting on some, you want to have fun doing it. And I, I'm very fortunate to have that, have that opportunity to do that on many occasions. And sometimes it's work and you just got to put your head down and, and muscle forward. But a lot of times it's not. And that's, that's really great. I like to be in that place, um, but lighting, oh man, I could teach a class about it. So we don't have enough time <laughs> to talk about that, but ultimately we are in it every day, all day are, and we're not, we're sleeping. So we're not in light or not in light. So we, it affects us in so many ways that we don't even know or recognize. And then sometimes you do. And I think it's when we help in theatrical presentations or shows, that's really what gets everyone to wake up a little bit to, to what's going on. We amplify the stuff on stage as an amplification of everyday life, right? It's what people st- strive to be, or I want to be a superstar, a big singer on the stage and do stadium tours. People like that's a dream of people's to do, you know? So that's really cool that we're able to support that. And it takes a, it takes a small army to do it on some of the big shows too. And all, every little piece helps where the production team, the stage, the stage crew, behind the scenes, you know, we're the first ones to get there, dumping the trucks and setting up the stages to the last ones to leave, breaking it all down and putting it back on the truck and sending it to the next city. Or maybe it's just a temporary job. Maybe it's a one-off and that's just a single day performance or show or presentation. It's just, we call it a one-off and it's just a one day wonder. So, but others are, have longer runs like a Broadway show will be on mm-hmm. for a couple months, you know, or maybe there's a residency at a local museum that an artist goes in and they do a dance residency for a couple months, but everything can vary. Everything, you know, we're a seasonal concert festival in a park that we, right. that runs for 10 weeks with three shows a week. So that kind of stuff, it, it, there's all versions of it between. You, you bring up some really great points because one of the things that I, thought about too is how lighting seems so minute and it made me laugh when you were talking about how in the cafeteria right you know you flash the lights and you know to try to get people to quiet down you know it's going on or if you shut the lights off altogether to indicate it needs you we need people to be quiet because <laughs> i even think about like the movie theater right they dim the light like okay the, the movie is about to start we need everybody quiet we need you focused on the screen ahead of you but something else i thought about too is you know when you think about some of the best of productions and you think about what makes those productions great. Obviously, like again, great light coordination is a big part of that, uh, especially with music, because we we get we're most we're listening a lot of times, and you know, mostly it's about the audio, right? But those who really understand what's going on and those who really appreciate what's going on, because I'm I'm going to tell you now when all this when this whole thing is over and I go back to a concert. I'm really going to be paying attention to every single aspect and really like and really judge the show, not just on the performance, but on every aspect of it, because it's it's art. And so to listen to you talk about lighting and like how all that stuff works and how it's critical to the production. Honestly, I'm, I'm listening to you and it's just it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's like, wow, this is 
this is huge. Oh, you this won't is, be able to go to a show anymore without looking up or looking over to we're instilling some techie in you, you know, like looking mm-hmm. around, but you'll still be able to enjoy the show. That, the key, I think you'll know it's bad when you notice it. And that goes for all departments, right? You'll just be like, ah, man, you go into a some concert and it hurts like right off the bat, like the first guitar solo, like makes your ears bleed. You're like, wow, that's, you know, even if you really do love the band, there's a pain. Like you don't want to hurt, hurt, make anyone hurt. You know what I mean? So blow it, you know, same deal with lights. You don't go full on strobe, right? on first song (laughs) right off the bat, everyone's eyes will be tired before you got to take care of your audience, you know, Mm -hmm. and their art is, art is good. Art's important. Art, we need it. We need it. We need it. And to some degree, there is some tech, there's a lot of technical elements within that art. You know, it's not just a, we think about the masters paintings or Michelangelo's carvings or what, or sculpture that like, that's a big block of stone and you got to chip away at it. And then you get to your end product, right? There's not too many tools. Now there's, oh my goodness, there's, you know, truss, moving lights, line arrays, networking this and consoles and comms and just it's a lot of technical stuff that we just do now. You know, after you do it a couple of times, it just, it's part of your routine. And you know, it's like you go into your car and you key in the ignition or the beep beep's got to be in the cup holder or whatever that routine is to get you started. That's the same way we routine to get our show started and you need it to do it. So then we can get used to what you need to do. And that's why we practice rehearsals and, and practice. You need to practice a little bit to make sure it goes, even if it's live or, or not, you still need to practice. So, right. That's true. Art and light. And there's a lot of departments that go into this project and good certain elements, certain shows you go to, some of those departments are featured more than others. So if you were going to a, oh, I don't know, a circus or something, the lights aren't really, they're more about function because you can't blink all the animals. They might spaz out. You might have, you know, or you're going to a motocross or something that you have some lights that are really lighting the track Okay, so they can race, but maybe have an overlayer of glitzy lights that, you know, some moving lights that flash and strobe or blink or or some cryo or fire as they jump. There's a lot of stuff we can add to the add to the drama, add to the hype, which is what we pay to go and see is exciting, cool stuff that we don't see at home every day. All right, we're back. Now we're going to talk about working with major clients. So really excited to have this conversation with you. Because again, you know, in preparing for this recording, I, you know, I was looking at your website and you guys have a pretty solid client portfolio. It includes some really reputable uh, brands as well as, you know, and some other media companies on there. And, you know, I, I look at that and, and one, I, I give you guys kudos you got to respect being able to uh, have such clients in your portfolio. And from my perspective, I imagine it takes a lot to build up such a portfolio. And I imagine that the expectations are much higher and just wanted to really get your insight on what it takes to 
build up a portfolio of major clients and uh, being able to maintain that and, you know, just speak on those things like the expectations and all the things that come along with that. Yeah. Thanks for that. You know, I appreciate it. We've we worked hard, you know, so it's not nothing's easy. We'll tell you that right out the gate and perseverance and and good deliverables, like solid deliverables at the end of the game. There's no BS in anybody like I, that's what we always have done is like, here's what we can deliver. We're good at. We like to do so we by liking what we do, we can do it better. It's easier. There's I don't know. That's not science, but it seems that way. <laughs> Right. Easier, easier and simpler to deliver what you say you're going to do because it's like you do it anyway. And it's fun and easy and great there. But there's challenges in there. And by the nature of our business, every show is different. Every 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 performance, every display, every every gig we do is a different one to some degree. And that's, you know, a blessing and a curse in a way. So, you know, if you want repetition and routine. Don't go into the show business. There's routine jobs. You wake up, you're in your commute, you do your six hours, eight hours at the desk, and then you get up and you get in your car and go home and you do that Monday through Friday, da, 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 da. Or you do show business, which you're doing 15 hour days at minimum, sometimes longer, sometimes normal, but you're loading in and doing all the work and lifting it up and first to come, last to leave, first to arrive, last to leave. In the event industry, the hours can be really long. I have a question for you there. I know in my experience, you know, working with my mentor and his promotion company and working with like corporate clients, I guess, what would you say are some of the things that you have to deal? Because I, I, I know like sometimes working with corporate clients, you know, they have their expectations and you have what you can do for them or you it might require more from them and you know especially like on the creative side because i know everybody has like their 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 designated team that you probably work with to help make whatever happen happen and sometimes it's where you have to tell the people on the team like hey well we're going to need this if you guys want this in terms of logistical things or uh budgetary things you know you, you see what i'm getting at so what, when working with these major clients, is, is that something that you oftentimes run into or how does that, how does that typically work all out with time, you guys? All the time. You know, it's really <laughs> finding the balance, uh, finding the balance, yin and yang, kind of like really everything has its ups and downs and it's, mm-hmm. it finds its level. But there's we used to have this funny adage. It's like there's three circles that overlap and in each circle is a, one says a word and it says good, fast and cheap. And you can pick two. But you can't have all three. So where they overlap, you know, you can have it good and fast. It's just not going to be cheap because you got to build it, you know, like, and it's going to cost money to expedite the build and da, 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 da. But conversely, you can get it cheaper, but it won't be fast. You know, it'll take more time because they'll put it in the back of the queue or there's something, something. So there's, but it's good, fast, cheap. Pick, find the balance of those two and, and really like, Make the compromise or, or know when to not compromise. That's really what is key in my, our stuff is you got to hold your ground when you know you're right and you know it's true and you know it, but you got to really know it. And then in other times, make the concession and say, you know what? I don't know a hundred percent about that. And I think mm-hmm. let's go with them. They feel better about it. I don't know them. They're new. They're a client. We never work with them, blah, blah, blah. But we got to trust their gut. They seem like they're backing it solid. So we'll back them, you know, and that's teamwork and you support your team and that's it. It's not all cutthroat and corporate, 
sometimes they are, but <laughs> not sometimes, you know, like that. And that's what really makes it cool is that it's like diversification, you know, I'm not a stock trader or anything, but I think that if you have stock in a whole bunch of different stuff that you're not all in oil and then all of a sudden the oil dries up and then you're like, ah, crap, you know, but you have it in other elements that diversify same deal with the business here we it's the it all is art in some way we all we love lighting and we try to tie it together with some kind of lighting design and and then there's logistical management and this and this and client client management you know you talked about the clients early on about how it takes a lot of time you know there's a lot we work with a lot of shows and a lot of these events they come in and we got to manage expectations and we're getting our expectations managed too by them. Mm. So it's kind of a, a two-way bi-directional conversation. It has to be. Otherwise, I don't like those other the other version of that. That is just being told what to do. And then you're just a, a soldier. We like little bilateral, let's do it. We all do it together. Stuff turns out better. It sounds kumbaya and rainbows and butterflies. <laughs> but if it's a long together, you have a better product. And that's what we want. We want. We don't want the hardcore, you know. Do this now. There are schedules, you know. There's about, but the feeling, the overall vibe has to be one of which is participatory. And it's easy though. Once you start getting those jobs, and everyone get, we all get along with each other. We all have our projects. We bring along the coworkers that we work with on the other projects that we like, you know. And it's really, it's really neat that we can. It's not like cherry picking from all these other things, but it's because it's you had a great experience with them working on this project. They're really good at what they're doing. I and that and I need one of those things on my next job. They're they're getting the call. It's a no brainer. It's like, hey, right. yeah, you know, we just finished yesterday. Well, I got another thing tomorrow, you know, and it's <laughs> that's the that's what is makes it. It looks really great on paper, but it, it's the it's the interpersonal stuff that makes it worth it. You know, the relationships that we have, they're not, they start at work, but then they, they extend afterwards. Maybe the project's over, maybe they left that company or, or something, but we still call up, send Christmas cards to each other or, you know, have a holiday party or, or not now, but normally, you know, we stay connected sooner or later, something else, will, you'll run into them again. And maybe it's not a paid gig. Maybe it's just a cool, just we run into them on another show that we're at. And that's really Cool. Connect everybody mm-hmm. together. Client list logos. They're great. They're important. You know, we put with, we wear them like pins, you know, Oh yeah, we did. We got, you know, it's kind of like trial by fire for some of them and yeah. <laughs> you get, and there you are, you're on the other side and, and you can shine from there. It's like, I, I like to call them badge of honor and, or, or stripes, you know, another stripe to add to your, to the patch. You know? <laughs> That's right. You get higher rank, more stripes. You're right. Higher. All right, we're back. Now, Brandon, I want to ask you a few questions so that the listeners and I can learn more about you, the things that you do, and all the great things that go along with that. So I'm going to go ahead and fire off with my first question. You are from the Hudson Valley, and you worked on Broadway. Why does the state of New York at large have such a rich artistic tradition? Wow, that's a great question. You know, I probably would attribute to you know, New York City is, um, 
massive hub of so many different cultures and people from all different backgrounds of life all around the world. They have a worldwide culture in New York City. So that brings in itself, it just owns that diversity. And in diversity in art and culture are all one and the same. You want it, you it's natural, it's what you want to show off in the big stuff. And I think the city has a lot to do with it and big tourism too. You know, a lot of people from all around Europeans come to New York all the time. It's like just to check out Times Square or whatever. But in that gives us opportunity to bounce back and forth between cultures and say, you know what, we're doing something here in New York. Why don't you guys go do something in London and you guys do something in Prague and, and you're able to kind of bilaterally experience. But my being born and raised in the Hudson Valley, New York, upstate New York, not so far upstate, way snowy, middle <laughs> of the ground, Hudson Valley, you know, we were very fortunate that we're so close to the city. It's a short drive and you, or you catch a train down there or a bus, you can take all this stuff, you know, an hour and a change, a little over an hour and a half to get down there. And we can see shows. We can go see Broadway. We used to go see the Rockettes every year. It was like part of the tradition. Go down to Radio City and go see the Rockettes. You know, like mm-hmm. we may, might have not gone all the time, but having that access pretty easy to get to without, you know, expending a lot of money either. That was great. You even walk, go down there and do some shopping or just hang out during the summer and go see a show, stuff that we didn't have up by us, the city did. So I think it was really cool to have that opportunity and that, that geographical pin for me growing up. I thought it was really, really cool. And then naturally it just led me into, I liked it. I started training for lighting lighting design and went and did the training and then when i was able to go see shows all the time worked up in in the city all the time and that got me connected to people that then i had a uh, you know to the next person they had that opportunity to call up call me up and i was available there you go um, so my next question to you uh, you know a lot of the, a lot of the guests that we bring on are from aspects of the business the average consumer doesn't think much about why are the aspects of a show like lighting essential elements so often forgotten or overlooked you know i've said it before that i think you'll know it's you won't overlook it when you see it and chances are it's probably wrong so or something's broken or something's not right because a lot of the the lot we all departments all aspects all elements of these productions got to work like a perfectly tuned machine you know, if, to use a lawnmower as an analogy, if the one little your pull starter breaks, the rope breaks, the machine doesn't go right. So, it, or if a little cog in there, a little piston valve breaks, the machine stops working. Same thing with these productions. If the comms go down, whereas the communication between all departments goes down, the show's paused for a second, or everyone's in crisis control mode like how we can't get to the stage manager we don't know this we the lighting guy can't talk to this guy they don't know when to go on the cube when's the performer go there's so many things that we're in constant communication if that one little cog fails or then ah so, you know but so to say the the overlooked ones are the most common stuff but they're really important which is crazy is that there's fun like there has to be functional lighting excellent safety protocols in hand that people you don't want to know all all the safety planning that went into place you just want to go and see a show and be able to get out if there's some kind of issue if there's 
some kind of issue. I won't even go into the issues, but if there's something that prevents the show from going on smoothly, you want to be able to exit there really quickly. And there's a lot of planning that goes into that. And that's one, how that's not boring per se, but it's not something that the average Joe six pack or Janet soup want to go see. They just want to go see the show. And I don't know, know, trash and the Porta sands, all the stuff that definitely need a pot to take a leak in when you're at that concert, you know, you're not going to go in the tree in the back. You got to go, you got to have a thousand people go in the bathrooms, not on that one tree. So, but it's overlooked. It's really, everyone forgets about it's just, or how smoothly concessions works. There's a lot of under the logistics and the planning trucks in and out and the food deliveries and the, so you don't have the stuff. If they don't have the assets there on site to, flip hamburgers and make hot dogs and do french fries or veggie burgers or whatever maybe they're they have a kitchen you know in the city here not everything's all there all one place it's down the block or it's in the maybe it's in the next borough they have their storage house there but the kitchen is in in down the road and then you do this you pick this up and you're bringing prepared pre-prepared things there to serve but they got to heat and serve there's all stuff underneath under the hood catering i guess i could talk about that which i have but there's mm-hmm. lighting sound that stuff is meant to support the art support the artist that's on stage you know where they the the tech is nothing without you don't go to a bob dylan show and just look at a guitar no you need bob dylan there like you know like you have right. to go you're going to the show to see the performer taylor swift if she's not on stage who cares there's 350 moving lights with a water curtain and the best line array sound system money can buy no no tailor no show no tech no lights no sound no nothing so it's really important to like for me to look at there's the technical stuff is important can't i can't say that enough like it's really good good gear makes good looking stuff but it's not about the gear it can't be about the gear it's a freaking box that you plug in like that's like it's about the the people that do it and make that show happen. And like I said, the, the aforementioned superstar on stage, that's what, who's the draw. That's what the tickets are seeing. They're not, I don't really care about the lighting operator or the monitor engineer or the front of house guys, you know, they don't, the, the normal Joe six pack going to those shows doesn't, they want to see the show. Okay. You know, so I don't want to belittle any other department because we're all equally as important together as a unit. It's less about, hey, it's me, it's me. Look at this. Look how cool these lights are. This is all about the lighting show. Unless it's a lighting show. You know, unless it's a laser show, then, yeah, then it matters, you know. (laughs) There's shows that have a – they're doing these lighting shows around us that you drive through, you know, a golf course. And they have all kinds of LED and whatever holiday knickknacks and candy canes and elves and trees and menorahs and all kinds of stuff. And you drive through it and it's a light show. That's it. There's no, there's nothing else. You're just driving through and there's lights, but there's, it's not a concert. It's not a theatrical presentation. It's not a Broadway show. Like they all have different features. Uh, Wicked, for example, on Broadway was a huge projection show. There was a lot of video projection on it and you couldn't help but say, Oh man, this is a, a video show and less of a lighting show. But lighting and video are both light. So it's like, it's the same to, you know, there was an excellent collaboration with the, those two departments. It looked as if 
it was all one, you know, and that's what it should be. That's why it doesn't want to feature like, oh, yes, haha, projection show. You know, I'm just using that one as an example. Other types of shows feature other departments. And and the, but I think on a whole, it should be a unit that supports the that superstar, you know, in the con using the concert as a as an analogy to what we do. My, my next question to you, I, I guess, why are some people better suited to the uncertainty and and shifting schedules of live performance work than others? Ah, great. Well, it's how you're built and what you like to do. You know, like there's some people that are really good at routine and good at uh, a, a set shift, a schedule. This is what I'm going to do. This is my thing. This is I'm going to go into the, the office here and be there for X amount of time. And then I'm like, I'm going to do that repetition. I'm going to do it. People need repetition. I don't, some people don't need it as much. Some it's, I don't know. That's again, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a psychologist or anything. I just think that certain rep, repetitive tasks give comfort in many ways. I don't know. You know, I'm not saying brushing your teeth is a comforting thing, but it certainly is a routine that gets you prepared for your next thing to do. And that, can help in work in your mind there is having that routine and doing it some in in the showbiz oh boy you gotta there's long hours and yeah. and and you have to have a really hard work at, or a solid work ethic to get through those long hours i mean it's the the prep and the planning and all this the hours 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 you're putting it in and then and then boom you do this you do the event you have a little decrescendo that goes down you know the workload you're wrapping up but you're still doing a couple days but you don't have as many long days and then you wrap it up and then you're like Whew. and then there's a sigh of like ah that was great you know and then you could really enjoy the moment you know afterwards you know the butterflies in your stomach are gone the show business nerves are gone you're like ah okay that was good and then you maybe there's a pause in there a day or two or a week, I don't know, sometimes freelance projects where sometime in careers, they there's gaps. The gaps get bigger or smaller depending on it's but it's freelance. You gotta be able to, you know, plan for it and do the best work you can, do it when you can. Plan for time off. I'm a I'm a firm believer in you're only as good in your uptime when you have downtime. You can't just drive percent all the time constantly. You're just gonna gonna fry it'll be sustainable for a little while i think people have different tolerances to that and you can drive hard but you can't do it for years and years and years you just melt from the inside you know there's stress kills people i don't subscribe to that i don't want to i want to be able to I'll work really hard and put in those long hours and not think twice about it because then right afterwards i'm planning for two three four days off or more and, <laughs> and for that and then I know when the next gig calls, I'm ready. I'm ready because I have my downtime. I'm, you know, fresh, fresh and clean and let's go into the next one. Mm -hmm. But sometimes that's hard. to. That's hard. It gets hard. And, and, and the finances and being an adult and having a place over your head and eating and paying yeah. for what you need in life. You got to you got to get some money. And then you got, how do you do that if the jobs aren't calling? And then so there's some you know anxiety that builds up a little bit, but it's. I know that I'm good at what I do and I like doing it. I'm going to, people keep on calling me. And if they weren't, then I'm calling everyone that I know to, and following up and trying to do it. But it, it, it was really just the long hours. I don't mind putting them in. I, I also want to put in long 
non-work hours to find that balance for me. Uh, really quick, I want to get to the final question. You found a niche for yourself by working as a moving light programmer. How were you able to identify that in yourself and how can others identify their niche? Ah, that's great. Yeah, moving light programmer. I, I found the net. I went to school theatrically trained lighting, lighting design. I was elect. I, don't know, I came out of college, undergrad college, and I'm slaying a wrench. I was an electrician. And I was just working on all these shows, going in, hanging the lights, focusing the lights for the act. Most a lot of theater and doing a corporate or an industrial event every once in a while. I'll get a bigger paycheck, but a little more stressful. Or maybe work some fashion week down in, in down in the city to like just a lot of slinging a ranch doing it. I was trained. I went to school for, for theater, lighting in theater. And I came out of it a really good electrician. And I was always at the time thinking about, I want to be a lighting designer. I want to be a lighting designer. I don't want to necessarily hang all the lights all the time. I want to be able to decide where all these lights go and have someone else to hang them. That's where like thinking big picture. So as I was working, I moved down to New York and I'm working on on Broadway, off Broadway, regional theaters all around and corporate events, slinging a ranch. Then I, I find, I see that there's a, we're working a summer festival and a summer concert festivals early on. And we have like five moving lights and no one really knows. I, I maybe we had 10, but it wasn't a lot and no one really knew how to use them. The lighting, the electrician, the LD, the lighting designer, He's also the production manager, also the tech director. He's all like all in one, three guys in one. He's like, I don't know, Brendan, just get him to work, get him to work. So I had to kind of trial by fire, get behind the console, try to figure out how to patch them and do it. But once you get past the tech, the lighting with light, painting with light is really cool. It's being able to move. Just I love being out there in the concerts. We have a couple thousand people listening to the big show and, and you hit the bump, the bump button for the audience blinders and everyone's like ah, you know on a big note or a big guitar solo or a big drum solo you hit the stroke button and, and everyone's like, yeah it's, it's it supports that art and it's like and i and it was the design i still like you're still designing lights because you're touching them and you're doing them in real time but there was a bit of technology behind it that not everyone knew how to do so i started doing that and that was, and it's still fun. I still do it when I can. I still like doing it. I don't do it as much anymore, but I still like getting in there behind the desk and, and programming these lights and making them look like, making them look good, you know, making whatever talent or show or setting that we're trying to use, use light to direct your eye, to set the mood, to really envelop the atmosphere, to make the atmosphere in many ways. So moving light programmer was my little niche there for a little while because I knew that the tech of it. I can hook it all up. I knew from my previous experience, I was hanging those lights. I knew how to address them. I knew how to hang them and plug them in and do all the stuff that you need to do. And I knew how to get them to talk to the desk. But then in my uh, graduate training, I also knew the design of it. So I knew how light has affects people psychologically. It creates atmosphere, it creates mood, it models, it shapes, it directs your eye. I knew all these uh, foundational thing, find foundations from lighting, but I wasn't the designer. I was just the guy behind the desk pointing the lights because the designers next to me that knows what to do. They say, okay, this is my plan. I lay out all these lights the way I want them. And I want you to put these, all those back lights in blue and put the front lights in a lighter blue and put your side lights in a light 
pink. I don't know. I'm making these colors up, but it could put the colors, point them on there. Okay, record Q1. And I'm kind of like a, a, a robot, and I record that cue, which is a snapshot of that look. And then maybe I change a couple lights. Maybe it's they, I move it down because it's no longer on the lead singer downstage center, but it's on the guitarist on stage left. So the moving lights are going to move over to that guitarist and record cue two. And then what I can do is clear and do that over and over and over and over again. And I'm oversimplifying mm-hmm. here. There's more nuance in there, especially if you're doing a theater show. There's a lot more slower transitions that we don't want immediately displayed. Maybe you want to affect your your mood. Sometimes it's not so quick. It's going to be slow. You know, it's a night scene. It's blue. It's foggy. It's eerie. And, you know, maybe you have a glow happen in the corner. Everyone that makes their eyes go there. Running moving lights, that was where I've, I, I was able to find a balance of the design of it and the tech of it the hang and the very technical my my brain is very very technical very around the trades i know how to i know how to hang stuff build stuff like do you know like that's a kind of a like doing it and i'm i'm good at it so i like doing that but i also like the upper level thinking of the design and how it affects perception of the piece you know like you don't want to just slam in the cues so fast everything on a one count so it's like blast 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 you don't want to do that you want to ease into it you want to get everyone in the you know get them in the mood ease them into the show and but you know every show is different that's my disclaimer you know it doesn't it's not a cookie cutter template that applies to everything but right there there's foundational elements in the design and i and i found that being a light program a moving light program was able i could bridge those two worlds the mm-hmm. the design implementation of it and that was that was good it's fine and as i don't know as far as advice goes to find the niche is like if i knew it early on to that i liked what i like i like the behind the scenes lighting i like i found a bug i got bit by the bug in high school and there was a show that we did our performances were on the same stage like we in band and choir they rehearsed on stage like the regular stage and they had a stage crew that set out the chairs and the music stands and turn on the lights there's no sound system in rehearsals you just go out there and play i was on that stage crew and then they were rehearsing something i was like oh it'd be really cool if there was a there was two groups on the stage it was the girls and the guys they're opposite stage and it was like la 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 like something like that and i said oh it'd be yeah. pretty neat if they were just like on a spotlight boom 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 on this kind of back and forth and the band director stage crew director is like yeah go go ahead just figure it out man you know play around hang a light if you want i don't you know he didn't really care but but he gave me artistic license and there you go hang a hang a couple lights very simple very like literally a fresnel above each and a fresnel is a soft soft style light and just kind of bathe them with a top light and it's high school, so every light's on anyway. But I was able to pull some lights down, get it all, like I was talking about, try to program some cues. Uh, and then my appendix burst, and I wasn't able to do the performance. Mm. I, I didn't, I missed it. It was, that was, so, but that was my bug. I was like, oh, man, I, that was so cool. I could have did it. And go to school for it, do some more shows, and then so on and so forth. So I knew early that I liked it. I had no idea that it could be a career. You know, all through that time in high school, I'm applying for 
engineering schools stuff. I didn't really want to be an engineer, but that's what I was, you know, applying for. And then I found out, well, a lighting engineer, there's something, there's a thing for that. What, what is that? You know, and it was, it's not really an engineer. So all of my engineering friends don't, you know, it's lighting engineering is not a thing. It's not engineering, but it is engineering to the fact that it's mechanical and operational, getting systems together to work as one system. And that I think is, you know, is satisfies that portion of my brain, you know, you get the art side and the, and the tech side and got to find balance between the two. So I think if you can find where, what you're liking to do, what you like to do is where you should start and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and hope that yeah, I agree, you know, because then that'll make work won't feel like work. That's true. Thank you for uh, sharing all of that. You know, it's definitely been an insightful uh, recording and I know the listeners will have a lot to take away from it as well. So I, you know, I really appreciate you sharing all of that you share it with us um and thank you for you know taking time out of your schedule to come on the same show today yeah my pleasure my pleasure yeah Thanks, cool Brad. deal <laughs> yeah 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 always definitely have to have you back on the show at some point in the future so yeah thank you again and thank you listeners for uh continuing to listen to the same show and continuing to like share and subscribe and again be sure to follow us on social media and be sure to continue to spread the word about The Sane Show. You're listening to The Sane Show, the show about nothing and everything. And until next time, we're out.